I just want to like pause for a second and can we just take a moment to appreciate how freaking amazing my hair looks today because it lo usually looks really terrible when I leave it down and so I always almost always put it up in some way but like today I, I, I put in the curls and I brushed it out and just like whew. and I don't know if it translates as well on camera as it does in the mirror but holy cow in the mirror looks freaking amazing and I hope that it really looks amazing on the camera we'll find out anyway seems like a almost awkward segue into the video that we're doing today because I'm like asking you to by you know virtually compliment my hair when I'm about to you know talk about this weird sort okay so I'm just gonna dive into it I don't like being called beautiful. I, I don't. It bothers me. And the, the reason why is because I'm not. I, you know, I, I'm not saying this to get sympathy. I'm not saying this to fish for compliments. I'm not, I, you know, I don't want people to like message me and be like, no, don't say that about yourself. You're gorgeous. Please don't. That's not what this is. Okay. I, I don't like being called beautiful because objectively I am not, you know, I, as, I, am I ugly? No, I'm, I'm very normal. Okay. Extremely normal looking. I, you know, my features are nothing out of the ordinary in any way, shape or form. And the definition of beauty is that you stand out in some way that there's some aspect of you that is especially attractive and I just that's not the case with me and this so this has been really kind of frustrating with me because whenever I connect with someone uh on a dating app and we we start to talk almost inevitably the conversation starts to stall and what is the first thing that they say to me you're beautiful it's like I'm sorry that phrase is like the, the the exact same meaning to me as roses. I hate roses. Roses are what you give to a person when you don't know what they actually like. And you know, most women do like roses and that's totally fine. But I don't. And so if you give me roses, it's because you had, didn't take the time to figure out what I actually wanted as opposed to just giving me something that you thought generically any woman would want to have. And it just bothers me, you know, if you, if you're, you, you, in the middle of a conversation, you're like, you're beautiful. It's like, do you, do you really have nothing more intelligent to add to the conversation? Like, just really? <laughs> so, so it bothers me. I don't like it. And, and it's just, I, I have a point. Okay. I promise. So there are people in in our in our world in our society in our cultures that feel things that feel things very deeply and strongly that make no sense to the to the people outside to to people outside of my headspace they won't understand why i hate being called beautiful and watching this you might think that you understand because i just explained it but that is the rationale that I came to, you know, cognitively thinking it through to explain why I hate being called beautiful. When actually there is a deeper, darker 
past involved psychologically that is the underlying reason. And I have made excuses for those feelings because I didn't want to face the reality of why it is that I don't like being called beautiful. So there are people who, who go through things in their lives that are traumatic, you know, and, and everybody's trauma is different. When I finally, you know, get to what it was that happened to me, you'll probably roll your eyes and say, really, that's it. But to me, it was traumatic. And it's not, it's not our place to judge people for the consequences of the trauma that they have faced. Things, things develop from us that, that we try to apply logic to that are not logical. They're just not. And we're trying to fix things that, you know, we're trying to fix things on a surface level that go much deeper. You know, we're, we're using cosmetics to cover up a gaping wound. And it's just, it, it, you know, depending on how good you are with cosmetics, <laughs> you might hide it, but it's still there. You know, if, if you have a scar, you can put makeup on it, but it's still there. So to explain a little bit, not going into details, but when I was oh, 18, uh, there was a boy at my church and I'd, I'd never really been interested in guys before. I mean, obviously I'd had my, I'd had my crushes, but I'd never been on a date. I'd never, you know, really interacted with the, the opposite sex in a way that could lead to a potential romance. And so we were at a church dance and we were, we were dancing and he told me I was beautiful and it shocked me. It startled me because nobody really outside of my, like no guys outside of my family had ever really said that before. And I tried to like brush it off and, and say, well, he probably thought that I was Judy, not her name, but Judy, who as far as I knew at the time was his girlfriend. I didn't realize that they had broken up like a couple months ago because I'm not, I was, I was not and have never been one of those people that's up on regular gossip. So I didn't know that he was single. And so I just kind of like, for what, like in one of those things, right? I didn't want to get hurt emotionally if this turned out to not be what I hoped it was. And so I covered it up with something that made no sense, but was plausible enough that I could roll with it. And so I, I told myself he must have thought that I was Judy, who looked nothing like me in any way, shape, or form, but there you go. And turned out not to be the case. He actually turned out to be interested in me, which was really cool. Uh, we went out on a date to the movies. We went and saw the Fantastic Four in the theater, and it was and it was actually out of most theaters at this point. So we had to drive all the way up to, I think, Huber Heights, which is a good half hour drive. Was it Huber Heights? I don't know. It was up by the mall. Anyway, it was a good half hour, 40 minutes. And we talked the whole way, you know, got to know each other a little bit better. And it was just, a, it was, it was really fun. You know, it was a really good first date, like all the way first date. You know, I've never been on a date with anybody before. And so we 
we got to know each other and then nothing really came of it because he was planning to he was planning to go away for work for a while but when we met at church we would talk and probably would have skipped out on our classes except that he was the teacher for the adult Sunday school and I was a teacher for the young women's ministry so we really couldn't skip out and you know make that in any way shape or form feel responsible but after church he he played the piano he was very good sang very beautifully and so after church he would practice in the sanctuary and I would I the first time I I went in and just kind of sat beside him and we talked and we sang some hymns together and my parents like just left me at church like they just got the rest of the kids and got in the car and drove away and looking back I'm sure my mom did it on purpose because she'd peeked into the the sanctuary and seen the two of us at the piano so I'm sure it was on purpose uh, but yeah <laughs> Oh, my mom, the matchmaker. And yeah, so this continued for a while. We would stay after church. We would sing and he would play and then he would drive me home. And we got to be really good friends. And around this time, Moms for America was still pretty young. Uh, but my mom had a fundraising gala at Christmas and I needed a date. So I asked him if he would be willing to go with me and he said yes. And you know, we 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 went and we had a great time. We danced, we had dinner, we it was it was really great. And by now you've probably realized that like this relationship was as vanilla as relationships can get. We were not dating. We were not, you know, never told each other that we liked each other there was no defining the relationship in any way shape or form because I knew he was leaving for work I knew that I had obligations at home and so it was just we were really good friends and if something came of that later I mean his family was still in the congregation it's not like he would be out of my life forever even if he was going to be gone for a while so we just you know We were friends, but I really liked him. I was pretty much head over heels in love with him by the time he got his offer and he, he actually went overseas for two years. And we wrote back and forth, like actual handwritten letters that went in an envelope with stamps. Yeah, like I said, super vanilla. So we wrote back and forth once a week. And... It was, it was great. It was nice. I, anyway, so his nickname for me was beautiful. He called me beautiful. And anytime I saw him at church, hey, beautiful. It made me feel so good. You know, I, I'd never, I'd never looked at myself as ugly i'd never felt ugly but i'd never really felt beautiful either and he made me feel beautiful well as i'm sure you've probably guessed considering i am extremely single at 35 years old he met somebody while he was gone and 
he came home engaged. Well, he came home, got engaged after she met his family and I guess they approved of her, I guess. And then three weeks later they were married. And okay. I just want to say straight up, he did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. Like I said, we were never in a relationship. We were never together in any way. He did nothing wrong. Except he didn't tell me about her, which I feel was kind of like a betrayal of our friendship. And so when he came back with this girl and everybody at church met her, they're like, oh my gosh, this girl is stealing Cassie's guy. And it was just, oh gosh, it was a mess. I was not pleased with him for that. But he did nothing wrong. But our feelings don't always care about reality and logic. I was, I don't want to say I was heartbroken. We'd been apart for two years at that point. And about that, about, you know, a year in, we, our letters had kind of slowed down my life, like things that happened in my life with my family that were extremely demanding of my time. And I just, I, I wasn't as attentive of a friend as I should have been, but it was, it was hard for me because up until that point, he, he'd always told me I was beautiful, that I was smart, that I was so strong spiritually, that I was this, that I was the other thing. And to me, obviously it must have been different for him, but for me, it was like overnight, I just wasn't good enough for anything anymore. I may be beautiful, but I'm not that beautiful. I may be smart, but I'm not that smart. And it was, it was a blow. Probably like, like I said, mostly probably to my ego, but there was some pain emotionally involved there. And it stayed for a really long time. I I didn't even want to acknowledge it. I, I did end up uh, when I was, when I was going to Creighton, I actually was referred to therapy for my insomnia. And a lot of this came out. And I, like, I didn't even know that I felt this resentment toward him until I started talking about it. But by the time I got there, I had already solidified my dislike of being called beautiful. It had already become this almost visceral reaction. Like, oh, seriously. And, and any time I got really interested in a guy the second he told me you're so beautiful I was just like oh great another one that doesn't really get me another guy who just doesn't understand that you know you don't just say that things like that to a girl to try and soothe things over I, I was very you know It was a long time before I was able to come to a place where I could genuinely understand and accept the reason why I don't like to be called beautiful without trying to cover it up with fake logic. And I, I don't know. 
if I've been truly successful in letting it go or not. I mean, obviously talking about it is still a little emotional in, in certain respects, but I genuinely, to this day, don't believe I'm beautiful. And again, this is not me asking you to tell me that I'm beautiful. I'm not fishing for compliments, okay? Just in a completely objective sense, I'm not beautiful. I can be very pretty, you know, when I when I put in the effort. My hair, like I said, looks freaking fabulous today, although actually I may have just messed it up. But And I don't know if the fact that I don't see myself as beautiful and is still a holdover from that pain that I had as an 18-year-old almost 20 years ago, or if it's just me being able to look at myself objectively. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. And it's because I don't know that I can relate well to people who don't necessarily understand why they behave the way that they do. They've made excuses and reasons for themselves, but they don't necessarily know why they do what they do. And we're seeing a lot of that bleed over into our society. A lot of these people who have unresolved trauma are acting out in ways that are pushing other people in ways that they don't want to be pushed. And I get it. I, I get the, the, the need to make people see things your way because I don't want to be called beautiful. And I should clarify. And, and again, this is what makes me think that it's a holdover. I don't mind if girls or women call me beautiful. It doesn't, I don't mind. I don't care if kids call me beautiful. I don't care if old men call me beautiful. I don't care if my parents call me beautiful. Um, it shows that they they see me that way, which is totally fine. But I cannot stand it when guys who are my age, who are available as potential romantic partners, call me beautiful. Which is why I think that it's this, quote, objective view I have of myself is probably still rooted in the past. This is just my way of saying that I get it. I understand why people want to make people think in different ways. Okay. I can understand why they would want to feel validated in their own emotional journeys you know, that the, the things that they have found to try and rationalize those internal hurts away as a safety net or whatever it is, I can absolutely understand wanting to hold on to that because I still am. But that doesn't mean that I can go around telling people that they're not allowed to tell other people that they're beautiful. I can't even, I, I don't even want to be that person who, who tells people that they can't call me beautiful because you know, if they see me that way, who am I to tell them that they're wrong? Do I, but you know, that doesn't change the fact that it still bothers me. And I'm trying, you know, I'm trying. I hope, I think I'm getting better 
Is this something I need to get better from? I don't, I don't even know. Is this something I need to get better from? But holding on to it is not an excuse for being pushy, for being rude, for being overwhelming, for being demanding, for being anything. And I can, I can still feel the way that I feel without being validated in my feelings. Okay. I don't need people to tell me I'm not beautiful to continue to think that I'm not beautiful. I don't need people to tell me that I'm, you know, that I can be pretty, that I can be whatever. I, I don't need, I don't need that. I don't need that validation. But I can understand people who do. That doesn't mean that I support them in, in all of the things that they do to gain that validation. But I can understand where they're coming from. And I think that there's a lot to be said for extending grace. Because we don't know what people have gone through in their lives. We don't know what they're, they're holding on to what hurts they have, you know, what, what has made them the people that they are. And I think it's just, it's just in us to try and find that common ground, you know, to find that, that thing that we can hold on to that helps us see the world from each other's eyes, even if we can't fully understand. Hey guys, thanks for watching that video. If you enjoyed it, make sure you like, subscribe, and do all those things that you do when you enjoy a video. If you'd like to learn more about us at Moms for America or the Millennial Rant, you can visit our website at millennialrant.com or see us on our Instagram page at millennial underscore rant. I look forward to seeing you next week and I hope that you have a wonderful day.